Sign to these tribes, live again, live again. Those who are sleeping, those in the grave, live again, live again. Those who are sleeping, those in the grave, live
Good morning, everybody. It's uh, after time change here in South Carolina. I know most of the U.S. states had time change Saturday. It's always so confusing. It's I like to call it Happy Government Confusion Day because that's what it does. It throws your body off, and um, you're just out of sync with everything. And then about the time you get back in sync, it changes again. So. Um, today it's Monday, the 6th of November in the year of our Lord, 2023, and this is Sister on Scripture. Today we're going to be talking about chapter, I believe it's chapter 33, the watchman's duty in the book of Ezekiel. And so we're going to jump in there in just a moment. Uh, we'll be reading out of the NASB 1977 edition if you want to follow along. I did finally get the other two episodes uploaded it took me a little bit. So those are posted now, the one from um, Thursday and Monday. So I finally got those up. Sorry that it took me so long. I have not got the scripture added in there yet. Um, and there's just been a lot going on here. We've got a baby on the way. Um, my granddaughter will be born. Um, the due date is November 13th, but she is... She is ready um, and about to pop already. Had in, having some contractions and, uh, but there she's had a lot of the Braxton Hicks versus the true contractions. Um, she goes into the doctor today, so we'll see. Um, but that's exciting. So I've just been um, kind of out of focus and didn't have a chance to really get all of those put up there because there were quite a few. But I will get those. Um, just be patient with me. All right, so let's go ahead. I've got a prayer that I would like you guys to um, join me in. There was a person that would like for us to um, pray for her this morning. It's a very, it's a long prayer, uh, but I'm going to read it uh, because she asked me to and asked me to pray over her. So if you guys will join me in this prayer um, heavenly father we invite you into this space with us here as we go into worship and fellowship with one another um, discussing your word and the scripture and how the word is just so active in our lives today and living and though it was written thousands of years ago it's still so applicable and so true so father thank you for for that thank you for the prophets who who wrote these uh, books for us, for us to be able to read and for those who rest life and limb to be able to get it, spread it out to everyone. And there's even, you know, over 200 countries that don't have a Bible in their native language. So, Father, we're very blessed to have the word that we can read and and have it in our language and be able to talk to one another about it. Um, we're just so blessed to have that. And, Father, I ask for for healing over those that are sick and hurting right now. We've got several that, you know, the evil's trying to attack, the enemy is trying to attack, and, and Father, we just pray that um, you increase their health, that you um, increase their faith, and so that way they can continue to stand strong against all of the forces of evil that that tend to take them down because we know as close as we get to you, 
we've got the enemy trying to be right there at our back, bringing us away. And Father, I've got a, a prayer request here that I'm just going to give to you, Lord. Hi, Bart's family. I really need prayer for my kids and I. I brought my husband to Bard's Fest and asked him to go up to pray together for our family. As usual, he dismissed me and said I've got my prayer group. I don't need to with a smirk, laughing. I do apologize that my prayer is long. This is 14 years in the making. My spirit and my 15-year-old spirit have been crushed by him choosing to speak death over us all these years. It hasn't been good for our six, almost seven-year-old daughter to witness it as well. I have so many bad memories that I stay separately in our house. I feel repulsed that he treated our eldest daughter in such an ungodly way. I always homeschooled my 15-year-old, but this year she demanded to go to public school because, in her words, dad is mean sometimes, and she doesn't want to be at home that much. I didn't want to let her... I didn't want to, but let her go, but did knowing it's true. He professes what a great Christian man he is doing the work of the Lord. However, at home, we've been the target of his mean-spirited side, as he called it, two elders at our church, at our last church, told him the way he treated our daughter, she was five, would harm her. First time I went to our elders, he had treated our five-year-old five daughter daughter cruelly on a cruise nine years ago and she said daddy doesn't love me he said to her children are a pain I can't wait to get rid of you at babysitting and other things I was livid and in tears it ruined the whole trip I didn't tell my grandma or his family he has always called us names screaming at us calling us fools once when I let my five-year-old pee in the woods on a hike also, dummies, hot messes, jackasses, spoiled brat. He would call me loony, cray cray, yelled at me in, in stores, in a store, saying there's nothing between her ears for absolutely no reason. Yes, this is very sad. Very sad. He calls us niggers, just kidding, of course. He was obnoxious and enjoyed irritating us. Who says that to their family while teaching at men's retreats and men's Bible study? He presents well, others thinking he's a great guy doing all the cooking at retreats. He says how lucky we are that he cooks at home. As she got older, he treated her in a punishing, ag oh, antagonistic way, treating her like she was always guilty. He would say, what's wrong with you for no reason, with women in the church giving him dirty looks. He would threaten to embarrass us if we went over budget at the store. It was so negative. When I asked him for AAA because I constantly dropped him off at the airport in Atlanta late at night, he screamed at me saying someone will help us if we break down. Then he would act like all is well. He said, we are all filthy, rotten sinners. He said, God will get me, and he can't wait to sit back and watch the show. I went back to the pastor after my eight-year-old said she cried herself to sleep because he called her names. The pastor said I was causing problems and my husband was tired from work, that him cursing at me in the store for wanting a can of collard greens was my fault and many other examples, and my eight-year-old needed to toughen up. Sorry, this is, this is heartbreaking. I told him what the other two pastors said to him, but he didn't care and called me weak and negative. I left the church while my husband continued teaching the men's Bible study. The church's name is Calvary, Calvary Chapel, Woodstock, Georgia, and Pastor Ebb was the pastor who refused to stand for an innocent child and fueled my husband's lack of accountability and arrogance. 
Another incident I think about was when my nine-year-old brought a cheap iPad to her friend's house without telling her dad. When he found out, I pleaded with him to ask the parents to hold it, but he called our nine-year-old and threatened her, saying, you're coming home in the most threatening tone, and I'm coming over trying to make her feel terrified. She wouldn't come out, and when she did, she had a break in the car on the way home and collapsed in the fetal position, saying over and over, I'm bad. I was enraged and said, look what you've done. I had no family. My parents were homeless, and so I didn't leave since I had two children and my husband had complete control of money. I was also dealing with chronic exhaustion. My husband was gone half the time for work, which helped. Fast forward seven years later, we are separated in the home. My husband says dryly sorry for the past when I bring up things. It's not, it's not the past though, when I can't see one year even last can't see even one year, even last year, that was peaceful and truly different than all the others. My 15-year-old has struggled a lot, had some breakdowns, anger, and many times taking it out on me. I've been patient. I've been patient, understanding that that is a normal response. And I feel horrible that I chose a man like that to raise a family with. My husband mocks me saying, be a mother that I allow my daughter to be angry and at times be disrespectful. I don't let her get away with everything though because that's not good for her. We do have a good relationship. My kids are secure and know how much I love them. I've been more angry in the last few years at times blowing up and yelling at my husband. I feel numb. That's awful. That's really, really awful. He ignores me, refuses to communicate, and just says, let's pray together, and I struggle to want to do that. I'm alone in everything, and then he wants to act like all is well. We are all unvaxxed. There is no porn. However, him choosing to speak death over us has destroyed our bond as a family. He also gaslights me, minimizes, rationalizes, blame shifts. It's crazy-making. I've had chest pains and severe panic attacks all last year. Had to call an ambulance and go to the ER. He cussed me out two days after I got out when I told him my going to the ER is, going, is because we never deal with anything. My mom was also viciously attacking me too, and as I prayed before a few months ago, my stepdad was a sociopath, so I feel extremely drained, parasitically, by literally every close family relationship I've ever had. Except for my brother, who is distant. I'm ready to move into our smaller cabin we have on our property that we rent out for Airbnb. I would like to have a loving and forgiving heart, but I need boundaries. I almost feel pity for my husband, but I think my kids and I are the ones who need focus right now to be okay. I haven't been to a church in two years because the local church, Calvary Chapel, Blue Ridge, pastor sat down with us for counseling at the urging of an elder who reached out to me and said he knew my husband was mistreating us. He said he had hours long conversations about us and his words were, the pastor wasn't going to be nice about it. So I sat down with the pastor and he asked me no questions and then ignored all my emails about my daughter having a mental breakdown that month at a friend's house crying uncontrollably. And podcasts I sent on abuse. He didn't offer to pray for us. Zero response. 
I've struggled with depression, exhaustion since then. I've had some suicidal thoughts, which my husband says that's normal. I told him I'd been having chest pains again recently, and he said that's normal. I would never give in to suicidal thoughts, no matter what. I will go through anything for my kids. Plus, I know God will make a way. The pastor's name is Pastor Daniel Postel of Calvary Chapel, Blue Ridge, Georgia. I don't know how these pastors get up every Sunday preaching the word and turn their backs on the children and the oppressed. The Lord led me to Ezekiel 34 and another passage that our house is a house of deceit. My husband almost fools me regularly. He's so smooth. I forgive these pastors, but it's not right. My husband continues to say, I just need to go forward and keep forgiving. And that God doesn't want him to feel bad. There's no condemnation and I'm bitter and a nag. And we should try a new church together. I said, I can't sit next to you and fake it. He said, don't share anything because no one cares anyway. It's just you and Jesus. Don't have much hope or care unless he, he was like a completely different person. Even then, I don't know. He thinks a good, he's a good Christian and our kids are blessed. I'm feeling apathetic, struggling to engage in life or homeschool our seven-year-old. I try to keep pushing on, have my kids in activities, but I just sit in the car, feel so t I feel so tired. I apologize to my kids. <clears throat> Excuse me. A year ago, for at times responding in anger and yelling, slamming the door, pushing over a lamp in anger. I knew it made things worse. Many times it would be a conversation that would be normal, but my husband would squash me. <clears throat> and then I would get stressed. And then before you know it, we were arguing over something that should be a normal conversation. I've been invisible. My 15-year-old said, compared to other dads at public school, hers isn't so bad. There's a lot of lack of accountability here um, on the husband's part. And then you can, you can tell because it never, he never accepted that personal accountability that he continued on. And now the wife's aggression is starting to come out into the children and she's realizing it. My 15 year old loves the Lord, thankfully. She has a good youth group, believes strong boundaries are necessary and lots of prayers to help my girls know what is true and acceptable and what is not. Praying for healing for my girls and I. Prayers for my husband to be truthful and come to repentance. I've been working on deep repentance and deliverance, watching Isaiah 61, praying for wisdom, discernment, strength. Thank you, Rose 2024. 20, and then she asked me if I could read it and speak into it. She said, I've listened to your podcast and I would put weight into your thoughts and prayers. So we're gonna wanna give you some thoughts on this. Rose, um, first off, what you're experiencing is, is a mental, emotional abuse that's not acceptable. Um, God does not, you know, we're not supposed to divorce, and, and Mila had it here in chat. If I can get my mouse to work. She says, though we are as Christians, not supposed to divorce, but surely she needs to get those kids and herself away from this man. The damage he is doing to all of them will last a lifetime. And that separation is not divorce. So, um, Rose, that's, that's one good message to you. And I'd like to say with the Airbnb, 
and still being on that property, you could, that's a good idea to try that and see, but you definitely need a, you need a very good pastor, and this sounds like he's got, it's almost like a, like a, a narcissist, I think, Mary Allian had said something in chat about it being narcissistic behavior. And and it really is. Um, you can't you can't make people change. You can pray and pray and pray. Um, but God is the only one that can change him. And you know, it's likely that he is he is got something going on in his own heart that he's lashing out on you and the children because of it. Um, usually people that are like this and with those narcissistic behaviors have gone through either some childhood trauma or something that has triggered them to go off course. Um, just that I, I, it's got to be some kind of, there's some kind of trauma there. And he has got to, to want to have the help and seek that help. He's also, with him presenting one way in front of people and just trying to brush off your, your feelings, That's not, you know, when you're married, you're, it's a partnership. It's not, you know, when you're supposed to obey the man, that doesn't give the man the ability to, to mistreat you and think that he can order you around. It's, it's a partnership. The two become one and you've got to have, you know, the communication and you've got to be honest and. And you've got to be able to hear and respect one another. And right now, it seems like it's a one-way street. And though he says he's, you know, trying to, to change, and like you said, you didn't really want to pray with him, it's because, you know, he's hardened your heart. And, and right now, you know, it doesn't seem like, you know, you've been together with him for a very long time. And I know the Atlanta area. I'm actually from Georgia. Um, Mary Allen, I think so too. She says, I believe one of our family pastors can help. Um, but that's only if he's willing to, to speak with them. And I don't know. It doesn't sound like he is. But if he is, Rose, and you're listening to this, um, Yes, yes, Mary. We can have uh, we can have somebody reach out to you, or get you in contact with someone that would be able to to offer you some some good um, counseling and prayers and deliverance. Because it sounds like whatever demon is latched onto him may have possibly latched onto you a little, and um, which is causing that anger and that rage and. You know, you can get some deliverance from that. You know, sometimes you have to cut ties with those things that that you can't change. I've had to to recently cut ties myself um, with my mother, in fact, which was very, very difficult. Um, but after many years of emotional and mental abuse from her, and her words, you know, she spoke death. She didn't speak life, just like your husband speaking death over you um, and your children. A good husband and a good father would listen to those concerns and, and would not treat their children in that kind of a way. To make a child ball up in the fetal position saying, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, because she took an iPad over to, I mean, you know, Words matter, and people matter. Things, things are irrelevant. Things are replaceable. But a person and their emotions 
And after that word is spoken, you can't take that back. You can't, just like right now, you're having a hard time, Rose, trying to even be able to, to accept if he has tried to change some, you know, because he's still trying to sweep the things under or, you know, being able to pray. And, and that's what, what hurtful words and, and things do to a person. It just, it, it, it piles up. And like your health issues that you're having right now, that chest pain, that's from the anxiety and the stress that's going on right now because of this emotional torture you're going through. God doesn't want that for his children. God doesn't want that for any of us. We have a good father, a loving father. And and while I'm not telling you to divorce at all, please don't think that. I think you definitely um, definitely move it into that other house might be a good um, thing for you, the little cabin for you and for your children. Because you're the protector. Your husband's supposed to be the protector of the family. And your husband's not being the protector of the family based off of what we just read here. And so you need to step up and protect your children. That mental abuse for them, they're going to grow up and they're going to do the same thing. These patterns come from somewhere. Um, a person doesn't just, they're not, you're not born evil. People aren't born mean like that. They look, that's a learned behavior. Heather Scott says she has some great resources on uh, for how to move forward with a separation. She says she's um, happy to share to help set boundaries and expectations. So um, we've got that also, Rose. So if you want to reach out to me about that again, I'm going to um, send this over to Scott as well, like you asked me to. Um, but I did want to go ahead and and get this prayed for for you. So Father, um, we come to you with Rose and her children and her husband. Father, you, you know what's going on here and, and you can see what else the torment this family is in and the, the darkness that's just over them, Father. And we know that you don't want that. We know that that you are a loving father. So, God, uh, we just ask that that Rose be comforted by the words today. Um, that she knows that we have resources and ways to to help her, to be able to help herself and her children not have to go through this. Because you don't want that for them. You don't want the stress, the anxiety, the the physical illnesses that's coming up because of the torment that she's going through. No, Father, you're a good father, and you've showed us how to be a good father. And so no father treats his children that way. You don't treat us that way, Lord, when we're when we've done wrong. Yes, you will punish us, but but you punish us in a loving way, Father. You you don't punish us like that, the way that she's getting punished by her husband. So we ask for wisdom for Rose, wisdom for, for what she's facing and for how to move forward. Father, we ask for forgiveness so she can be free from, from holding down any, any um, bad thoughts or regressions so she can get that. She's kind of rid this darkness out of her um She's just got to push it out and be able to forgive in order that she can have that light come back into her heart, into her soul, and let it be that light of Jesus, that warm glow, that warm loving feel when, when Jesus is all through us and letting us know that it's okay. Father, wrap her in your loving arms. Lift this weight of damage that's been done by her staying in a, an abusive marriage with a, a father that that's not only hurtful to his, his wife, but his children. 
his own offspring. It's it's complete and utter emotional torture, Father. And and Father, we just we ask for Rose to have peace and calmness, calmness, so that she can see her path through this storm. So her eyes aren't focused on the storm, but rather focused on you and focused on the path that you're guiding. You give us signs and you give us answers, Father, in the forms of these signs. And and so I pray, Father God, that, that a word or a sign be put in Rose's path that she knows which way she is to go. So she doesn't detour anymore. And so she knows that that this wasn't her fault, that she knows that she's trying to be a loving wife, a loving mother, and a loving child of the Most High. And so, Father, show her the way. Show her the light. Show her that you forgive so she can forgive because she's loved by you, so she's worthy of that forgiveness. She's worthy of that love from you, Father. That though she... She stayed in this relationship, this marriage. She did that out of, out of love and out of her, her overwhelming love for you, God, to not sin and not break away. She's seeking counselors. She's seeking pastors. And, and the pastors are turning their back on her like the pastors are turning their backs on so many flocks. But thankfully, God, here in this community, in this family, you've brought together a power pack team of deliverers and and healers and and praying warriors that that we lift each other up when one is down. So Father, I pray that you guide Rose to the right person that is going to help her on this path. Father, that you use them to deliver her back into love, back into a place of of rest and of peace and of beauty, not not in this torture and torment that she is living through right now, Father God. And for any others that are going through situations similar to this, because I know she's not the only one. I know I've gone through something similar a long, long time ago in my past. So, so Rose, you know, Father got me through that as well. And he will get you through this. So just have faith. Right now, that demon latching on to this family is trying to break your faith. It's trying to break you completely. Don't let it break you. Be resilient. Push through this. I know you can because you have the courage enough to not only bring it to me, but to bring it, you know, to the whole family. And that takes courage. That takes faith. That takes all that you have and so much more. You are beautiful. You are worthy. You are loved. You are beautiful. You are worthy. You are loved. Say it again. You are beautiful. You are worthy. You are loved. So know that because Father God gave me that to tell you. And so I'm telling you three times over. That's He wants you to know that. And Rose, we're all here for you as a family, so reach out, darling. We're here. And Father, I just pray that you you use this family to come and comfort her, that she seeks us to, to be able to help her. And it's in Jesus' name that I ask and pray. Amen. Man, my, my heart breaks on that. It, it's, yeah, Mila, she says, as hard as this is for her, there's a reason for it. Like everything in this life, when we come out the other side of hell on earth, we are stronger if I had not had separated from my husband after 16 years of marriage, I know I would not be safe right now. And yes, Dad, we can pray for Susie. Let me find that prayer.
I got it now. Here we go. All right, guys, we're going we're gonna to pray for Susie also. Oh, no, I don't have Susie's. Wait a minute. I have Hope's. Did you send me? Let me see. Okay, same girl. Okay, that's the same person. Good. All right, here we go, guys. Let's get some prayer going here. Y'all got your prayer muscles stretched? We didn't think we were going to do this this morning, but I think so. That's where God's leading us, so. Prayer, prayer muscles ready. said, hi, Scott, which now, hi, Nikki. <laughs> I am asking for prayer for one of our Barnes Nation family members. Hope is really struggling. We've reached out to her over the past couple of weeks and are keeping her in our daily prayers with Jay Wu's Vineyard Group. And guys, that's a wonderful vineyard group, by the way. I joined them in prayer this morning. It was great. I am now bringing her needs here so the whole family can lift her up in prayer. Hope has moved to Idaho, and from my understanding, she doesn't have anyone to be with her, be, be with in her time of need, if need. I just read that all wrong. She doesn't have anyone to be with in her time of need, if need. Hope's mom re passed recently, and she's really, and she's feeling very much alone. She is also being spiritually attacked hard. I don't want her to feel hopeless, but she's feeling that way. I spoke with her on the phone this morning, talked, we cried, we prayed. Hope, if you're listening, know that you are loved, sister, and we are here for you. Jesus is right here with you, sis. Be strong in Christ. Thank you. Um, well, I'm just going to leave out the Scott part. Thank you for lifting our beautiful sister up in prayer. It means so much. God bless this family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, Heavenly Father, we, we ask you to, to restore hope so she's not hopeless. Um, she, she doesn't need to feel that way. So, Father, restore her in that. Let her know that she has a family here. And, and Father, bring those just like you brought to our sister D in Wales, you know, Jay Cook coming around and, and she had another friend there. And so father, we're praying now that, that you bring people into hope's path that, that are like-minded, good Christians that, that will help her, um, be able to know that she's not alone because we know we have Jesus. So we're never, ever alone fully. But it's nice to have the fellowship with one another and have that in person. Sometimes it's not always, always possible. But Father, you, you work miracles. And so we're going to turn this over to you to work this miracle and bring some people into Hope's life that are near her. Um, that she may be able to, to have fellowship with and be able to share in things. It's like... Like we love enjoying sharing our, our bread and I love to go share my eggs and produce from the garden, Father. It's, it's nice to have people around that you can do that. So I pray for that, for hope. And not only that, but, but the struggle she's having um, and the darkness that's trying to attack her, Father. There's so much darkness to, to attack and it means that hope is so close to you. And so, Father, I pray for reminders to hope that she is doing the right thing because evil doesn't try to attack those that are closest to, to the evil. Evil goes out and tries to attack his, God's children and tries to pull God's children down because they know we're going to bring more people away from the darkness. We're going to bring more people into that light. Hope is one of those warriors that will bring more into the light. And Satan knows that. Hell knows that. And so they want to take her hope away. And we say, no, we rebuke that. We rebuke that on the name of Jesus, on the blood of the cross. We say, hell no, heaven, yes. So hope if you listen to this and you catch this, 
know that Father's not going to let this darkness latch onto you. You tell that darkness to go. You say, whatever it is that's bothering you, whether it's the hopelessness, you say, body, this hopeless emotion is of the devil. It is of evil. It is not of God. And I rebuke it. I rebuke it. I rebuke it. Let it leave your body, hope. Let anything that the enemy is trying to use on any of us, God says to rebuke it, to tell it no, to tell it it doesn't belong in my body, whether it's hurting, whether it's sickness, whether it's a loss of faith, whether it's misery. You tell that stuff to go back to hell where it came from because God didn't create that. Our God is a loving father and our God doesn't allow his children to go through that. We have to realize that we have we have to have the faith like Paul. Paul healed a man that made him walk again. We have that same ability. We have that same strength and that same power that Jesus give us. God give it to us. And God's telling me right now that we must use it. We must rebuke anything that is trying to come at us. We must tell it to go away and cut the cord that binds it. Whether it's for you too, Rose, if it's if it's the cord with your husband, that emotional trauma that's that's causing you, you rebuke that in God's name and Jesus' name. And you tell it where to go because it doesn't have any power here. It has no hold on you because you are a child of Christ. So hope in Rose and anybody else that needs this message and this prayer, this prayer is for you. You have the power, if you have faith, to move mountains because God said it's true and, and God's word never lies. So, so listen to God, give it to God, and then let it go. It's hard to do, but we have that ability. So God, I just, I just pray you show them the way and that you, you cut any kind of darkness that are over any any of these two ladies, and any of this family, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Rose, I want to read a message to you from Miss um, Lumba. It says, Rose, my husband's demons dragged me down to the point of threatening to kill myself because I felt no self-worth under his lies and abuse. His demons were porn, alcohol, gambling and gambling. He mocked my faith. God blessed me. I've been separated three years and I am the child of God. I was meant to be. I am the child of God. I was meant to be. My daughter follows my strength and shows me hers. As much hope as I had that I could heal him, I see now that only Father can. Give it to God. Prayer, sister. Miss Lumba, you're you're doing wonderfully too, girl. What you do for the children and what you did at Bard's Fest was incredible. You and your daughter and so many. Um, us ladies that have gone through stuff like that. And, and some of the guys have too. Um, I'm not going to negate anything that I, I mean, you know, because guys have gotten with women that have been the same way and it's toxic, guys. It's toxic. That toxicity is going to, to spread to others. It's, it's deadly. Yeah, Mary, it's deadly. And it, it leaves scars. And those wounds are hard to heal. The more toxic your body gets from that. And... um. I've spoke a little bit about this, but my my daughter's father, who's not my Jack, is not their biological dad, but he's their dad in every other sense, and has always been since he's me and him started seeing each other. But Caitlin's dad, when I was pregnant with her, I found out I was pregnant on Christmas, and he didn't want me to be pregnant he didn't want her and we went married and he wanted to go do his thing and 
he he beat me so bad that he was punching me in the stomach wanting to cause a miscarriage and it took a very long time but finally i i realized that my children and myself were more important and god showed me the way to get free and and it ha it happens you know there's gosh they end up here in chat i Rose, if you're listening, there's a lot of people in here in chat that's had the same thing happen or similar. Um, and, and you're getting lay it all at the feet of Jesus. Oh, DJ Shaw, I'm so sorry. It, it, it's awful. It's a horrible feeling. I couldn't. Mm. Losing a baby at four months because of that. But, you know, God, God gets us through that. I bet it does still hurt. It, it's, it gets hard. Yeah, and God will get you through it, though. Um, we just have to turn it to him. But know that you're not alone. I mean, it's obvious right here with these ladies in, in the chat. You're not alone, Rose. And Hope, you're not alone. Um, many people have felt the darkness and, and the hopelessness and, and the tragedies. And it's, it's tough. It's difficult. But you have, you have the ability as a child of Christ to rebuke it and cut it off. And there's people out there that can help you with that. And it works. Yeah, Mary, Jesus had other plans for this today. It's healing time, huh? We're not doing the what? I guess maybe this is part of the watchman's duty, really, though, right? The, the watchman must warn or else he's responsible for the death, right? So... Um, DJ Shaw says she's here if we need to talk. I'm here. There's there's a wonderful loving family that's that's here to to help and and help others heal. Like um the Church of Glad Tidings and Pastor uh Brian says, Dave Brian says get healed and help others uh well, I forgot it now. It's like get healed and help others get get free and help others get free. But then there's also the um, find a need and fill it uh, message. And I butchered both of those. Sorry about that, Pastor Brian. My bad. Um, it's true. You know, we, we've, we need to be together for one another and be able to help each other through these times. And there is um, one other prayer request that I want to pray out before we go, um, because it's one that came through today for um, for Sunday, but for Coffee and Jesus. But there's a um, biopsy going on today, Bella. There's a biopsy, so we're going to go ahead and go through this, um, and then we'll pray it out. My husband, Steve, is having a prostate biopsy done tomorrow, November 6th, which is today. He has two lesions. He has been vaxxed and boosted, and this has drawn a wedge between us since I am not, um, since she's not boosted. Please pray that the biopsies are benign. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you. So today we're going to go ahead and pray it out um, with this prayer. And I will be back on Thursday. And we will start chapter 33, The Watchman's Duty. Yeah, today was like group therapy, Mila. And hello, uh, Cole. Good to see you. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for for coming in today with us during this conversation and just being with us and guiding us, even though it wasn't the way we had planned or I had planned or thought that any of it was gonna go. 
Um, we didn't go through the watchman's duty, but just the same, we still got through and and Father God, it's it was your your direction. That was the way that you wanted it to go for us to pray for Rose and for Hope and and even pray for for B's husband that's having that the biopsy today. And Lord, we just pray that his results are clear. Um, we know the power in prayer where two or more gathered. There you are. So there's more than two of us here. So Father God, we just ask for a good report on this and and um for those that are that are also, you know, like us like we were talking earlier, Father God, about the healing and and people being able to to be able to heal themselves because by Jesus' wounds, his stripes, we are healed. And so we just have to have the faith. So Father, I pray that 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 faith be increased, that we all level up in our faith because you could always have more. You could always be more faithful. And, and I rebuke any of the spell casting that's been done, any of the, with Rosa's husband speaking death over her, Father, we speak life over her and her children, over, over uh, Miss Lumba and over all of those here, the Mila and Emily, Ryan and Cole and Spooky Mulder, DJ Shaw, um, for Dee Strasberger, all of us here in the chat and here y'all in, we, Father God, I just pray for you to use them today. You woke us up, you gave us ear in our lungs, opened our eyes. And so we know we have purpose. We know you have a goal for us. You know, we know you have a mission. Father God, I pray that you reveal that mission to us. Use us as stewards of your word, of your message. Help us to find and bring others to find Jesus. Help us to, to bring others to help them follow Jesus. Help us to be able to understand the word and and hear you more clearly to see things with with the clear eyes for the veil to be lifted and for all those wounds from bad spoken words that they be healed, they be mended because we rebuke it. We rebuke the the evil ties, the the people that are narcissists having holds on us, the people that that are bringing down others. We rebuke that. We cut those ties. We cut them now by the blood of Jesus on the cross. We say, go. We say, be gone, evil. You have no hold here. You have no hold on this body. This is a body of Christ. This is a body that God made. He made it perfect in his image. So you tell anything trying to cause any harm to that image that God created your body, you tell it to be gone. In the name of the one true high King, Jesus Christ, that it should be gone because it has no room in your, in your body, in your soul, in your life, because you are nothing but a child of Christ. And in that you are beautiful, you are loved and you are worthy. So Father God, I pray for all of those that aren't, are feeling like they're, they're not worthy or not loved or alone. Father God, we, we lift them up to you now to show them that they are not alone, that they are worthy and they are loved because by your amazing grace, we are saved. And that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. So Father God, I thank you for that saving, amazing grace and that Jesus, he became sin for all and he freed us from our chains that bound us to, to hell and we, we broke those chains and we are free and we are child, we are children of you. And so when Jesus comes back to take the bride of Christ, I know that we will go with him and we will be in him because we are children of light, not children of the darkness. So Father God, I thank you for that. And it's all in Jesus's name I pray, amen. Well, guys, thank you all for being here with me. Um, it's a beautiful healing session, like y'all said it was. It was definitely different than what I had intended or planned. And it just goes to show that when we listen to God's plan and follow his, it, it works out better than anything we could have imagined. So go out and be salt and light. Spread the word. 
and love others as Jesus loves you. And I love you guys. God bless, and I'll see you guys online. Sign to these dry bones. Live again, live again. Those who are sleeping, those in the grave, live again, live again. Those who are sleeping, those in the grave, live again. From the dust of the earth, raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army of worshippers. Raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army. 